Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the podcast. This is Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee and myself. We're going to talk 401k mistakes this go around on the podcast. Sean, they can be a pretty easy, useful tool. So we're going to talk about a few things to look out for in your low those many years you've been doing this to help some folks out. But first off, how you doing, man? What's going on? It's spring. You know what spring means? Spring is sprung. (laughs) Spring (laughs) is sports. The the best time of the year. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So you uh, are you hopping from one foot to the next with the kids? Uh, We just wrapped up comp soccer and still still right in the midst of baseball for the boys. So he's. He, he's loving it. He's, he's having a good year. Good. So it's fantastic. A lot of fun. Fantastic. Well, listen, uh, sports can not always be easy or painless, but it certainly can be fun. But let's talk about the 401k. As I mentioned, it's a useful tool, right? I mean, if nothing else, hey, it's a great way to be saving for retirement, to build your retirement. But it's also got some issues, and there's some things about it. Well, for, for one, it's because it's so easy. We tend to just kind of set it and forget it and kind of forget about it for long periods of time. So let's go through a couple of areas where we might step into it, and maybe you can give us some thoughts on how to avoid that. And let's start with a simple one. Like if you've left a job and you leave a 401k behind, instead of rolling it into an IRA, definitely some pitfalls there. And I know under a certain dollar amount, like I had one years ago was not, not much in it, but they rolled it over. I've totally forgot about it. They rolled it to an IRA, sent me the letter and the paperwork and said, here, here's where your money's at with this bank and this institution now, and it's in an IRA. Bye. Yeah, I mean, some if it's if it's a smaller amount, some companies will just flat out cash it out. You don't even oh, have okay. a have a choice if you don't do anything with it. But yeah, and we see this pretty common. You know, and we're in a, a day and age where people change jobs pretty consistently. You know, every three to five years, they're jumping to the next company. They're they're moving, and uh, in a lot of cases, what you see happen is that there's really no hub for the money to go into. So they've got, you know, Sean, I was with. Company X over here for six years. I've got a 401k there, and then oh, I've got a 401k at a previous com- uh, you know another company, and then oh, a third company that I was at. I kind of forgot about that one, but I've got a 401k over there. And what happens is that they leave their assets all over, uh, all over the place, and there's no coordination. There's no idea, uh, clear understanding of of how the investments are really structured. You know, you could have Company A's 401k, and it's the investments are doing the exact same thing as Company B. And company C, and, and so you're not really as diversified as you as you think that you are by leaving your money all over the place. And, and honestly, there's you know, there's no coordination and there's no management as mm, far as right. how does it fit into the plan, right? Right. Exactly. So. Exactly. And uh, you know, so that's one avenue. Another one is, as I said, when we set it and forget it, well, we also then don't rebalance it, right? We don't do much to change whatever, you know, let's say you got it 20 years ago and you're still with the same company and whatever it is that you did or you jumped into, that's probably exactly how you've left it. Yeah. And maybe even worse, you know, because stock market over the last 20 years has, has done way better than the bond market. So if you've got, if you're heavily weighted in stocks at one point, that's, you're more heavily weighted because of the growth and less weighted in, in bonds where now your allocations got out of out of whack and and maybe you're taking on more risk than you're comfortable with. Maybe your plan dictates that you can't have that much exposure. And, and so, you know, this this not rebalancing enough, uh, we see that pretty consistently. And we see this, you know, oh well I I never rebalance. So when I do rebalance, if I've you know, if I've got brokerage money, which is after tax, not four one K, now mm-hmm. I've got a, right. a tax issue. Right. right. So, right, right. 
But you want to keep your allocations pure to what you're trying to accomplish and you want to keep them consistent. You want to keep those ratios and percentages of, you know, do I have stocks? Do I have bonds? Do I have commodities? You know, whatever that initial allocation percentage is, you just want to keep that. And so making sure that you rebalance on a consistent basis is is pretty important. Well, let's talk about the rebalancing conversation with inside the target date fund. And I think this is maybe where people get some things confused. So if we're sticking our money into a target date fund, we A, assume that it rebalances for us. And it does to a degree, right? And as we get closer to our the retirement date that it's on there, you know, it's supposed to pare down the risk. But I think there's one level of confusion, the fact that people think that it could just take it way down. It doesn't really go that far down in risk. I think like 50-50 is about as low as they go. And I'll let you explain all that. And then the other one being, that, well, hey, I'm going to retire in 2040. I got a 2040 fund. So yes, I have a customized plan. Eh, not really. Right. There's a lot of things that target date funds don't take into account. One, you know, coming back to what your plan needs are. Two, actual kind of strategic allocation. So target date funds are just a fund of funds that go from equities to bonds and you, you decrease the ratio of equities and increase the ratio of bonds as you get older. So, you know, the 2040, if I get a 2040 fund that says that I'm going to retire in 19 years in 2040. And over the course of time, that fund has less equities each and every year as you get closer. Now, here's the, the, the problem, in my opinion, with that is that one, it's algorithmic. So it doesn't take into account current scenarios in the market, current economies. You know, I mean, let's look at the bond market right now. The Fed, Feds have dropped rates to zero. Interest rates are extremely low. You know, bonds aren't spitting out any income for the most part. And now they've, they're algorithmically moving into more bonds as you get closer to retirement. It, it just doesn't take into account a lot of customization of the, of the plan or the, or the portfolio. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, it's simple. You know, for younger investors, a 2040, 2050 target day fund, probably fine as you start to save. But as you get older and as you start to accumulate wealth, you should really consider graduation. You, know, you graduate from college when you've got, you've hit a certain point. You graduate high school when you've hit a certain point education-wise. As you build your wealth, you grad, you should graduate from these target date funds into a more customized investment strategy. Yeah. And, and there, again, they're a very simple, easy tool. And so it's kind of one of those where you, you know, you just kind of can fall asleep into them and you think, hey, it's going to do all this stuff for me. Uh, and again, if you're not doing anything else, this is still these are still great tools. But you, there's much more we could be doing, and that's again that's why this is called 401k mistakes. Uh, here's one that I think a lot of folks don't think think about, Sean, and you know it can affect you to some degree. I think we feel as though when we have a 401k plan at our job, you know that they have our best interest at heart. And I really don't want to sound too negative that they don't, but at the end of the day, we're not their client. Your employer is their client, right? Whoever set up that 401k, you know, account and that fund, they're really the the client of the of the 401k company. That's exactly it. You know, and, and you look at these, you know, whether it's a small business or a large business, advisor comes in, they build the allocations, they they create the platform um, for the company. And the job is to provide an investment strategy that follows lo- rules, follows ERISA laws, follows right. regulations. Mm-hmm. And that keeps the company out of trouble. Now, as the individual employee, you may get some investment advice. Right. You may get some allocations. 
but there's not going to be a lot of financial planning that goes with that. And the reason that that's the case is that the employer doesn't want to get in trouble and the investment management company doesn't want to provide that to get the employer in trouble. So right, now, right. now you've got this, this scenario and we do a lot of business to business outreach and a lot of financial wellness here at our, our office as far as education goes. Mm-hmm. And there's this common misconception that it's, oh, my 401k provider provides that. Right. <laughs> well, if you call your 401k provider and say, hey, we want to do some financial wellness on retirement income planning, or we need you to create a class on this, or you know, can you send an advisor in to talk about strategic tax planning, which we talk a lot about on the show? Right. They don't do that. They, they can't do that. And so when, when you start to look at the 401k as an investment tool that has investment options, that has tax ramifications attached to it, but it's not the 401k is not a plan. The 401k is just a piece to your plan and a tool to use to help get you there. Yeah, it's a saving, it's a good savings tool. I mean, it's kind exactly. of right there in the title, right? Exactly. Uh, and then the final bit on this, Sean, is that uh, you know just some different places where we can make some mistakes in these is assuming that our fees and costs are minimal because you probably never see them on your statement because they're hidden in there like a needle in a stack of needles. <laughs> right. Uh, and that's changed a little bit with DOL regulations true, that true. they have to be disclosed. Fees have to be disclosed that are charged by the advisor. They have to, but you know, digging down into, well, what am I, what am I personally paying to the 401k provider? What am I, what are my internal fees when it comes to the investment costs? You know, and, and then you get down into some of some providers that offer, you know, professionally managed portfolios at an increase of cost. And so really understanding and, and having a, like an x-ray done of of what the fee structure is inside of the 401k, in a lot of cases can be eye-opening because a lot of people think, hey, you know, I didn't, I don't have any fees. Do you, who do you think paid the mutual fund? Right, right. Well, I didn't think about that. Well, <laughs> well, you did. You should probably right? think about that though, yeah. You know, and, and that, see that, see that, Platform fee that comes out of you on your statement—that's that's your fee to the four hundred one k provider. So understanding, you know, there's a slew of fees that could potentially be in a plan. And you know, I talk a lot about fee structure, and I never say that a fee is good or bad. And the reason that I don't—it's fees are perceptions of value. And if you're getting enough value out of what your what your fee is, cool. That's that's fine. It works for you, right? Then that works. But if you're not getting the value out of out of the fee that you're paying, then you need to look at finding ways to get value for the fee that you're paying. And so that's when we start to talk about fees, and we talked about an investment management costs and financial planning fees. It's just value. Are you giving enough value to to charge the fee that you're that you're receiving? All right. Well, there you go. Some basic mistakes, some four hundred one k mistakes that we can get into. Uh, nothing too groundbreaking, but at the same time, useful stuff because a lot of times it's the little things that we do wrong that end up causing us some bigger issues down the way. So if you've got questions about your 401k and how to be more efficient with it uh, on some strategies, actually tune into the next podcast we're going to do here in a week or so uh, because we're going to talk a little bit more about that when and how that's going to affect the ticking tax time bomb that you might be looking at as well. So uh, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, definitely do so. Consider doing so on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever platform you you use. Retirement Elevated is the name of the show. Just type that in the search box or stop by the website at elevatemyretirement.com. That's elevatemyretirement.com. If you have any questions before you take any action, always check with a qualified professional like Sean and his team at Elevated Retirement Group at 855-50-RETIRE. That's 855-50-RETIRE. Sean, thanks for hanging out with me. I'll see you next time here on the show. Take care. Always, man. Thank you. I appreciate your time and we'll see you next time here on the podcast. This has been 
Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.